Hello, and welcome to Queering Desi. I'm your host, Priya. As a South Asian queer non-binary person, I have learned a lot on my journey of self-acceptance and building community. So in each episode, I will bring you a slice of South Asian LGBTQ life with a guest who exemplifies what it means to be who you are and to live your truth. I like to create a safe and open discussion with our guests and listeners. So if the topics on this podcast are controversial, please know these opinions are of the guest and host, and we don't mean any offense. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, Queering Desi listeners. This is Priya. I want to take a moment before we get to the episode to wish you all a happy Pride. All month long, we'll be bringing you brand new episodes and content, so be sure to follow us on social media at Queering Daisy. Hit subscribe on iTunes or catch us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on Ruckus Avenue Radio, Dash Radio's exclusive South Asian radio station. We're also happy to announce our first new batch of merchandise. We have t-shirts, sweatshirts, tanks, mugs, totes, and more in our online store if you want to rep Queering Daisy out in the world. We have a lot more stories to cover in the coming weeks and months, so we hope you'll consider supporting us, either through our online store or by signing up on our Patreon. You can find out more about both on our website, www.queeringdaisy.com. We appreciate your support always, and we are always open to feedback, so if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to us. So without much further ado, let's get to the show. Welcome to Queering Daisy. This week, we have Vishal Reddy, who is the star of the new show, Insomnia. Welcome to the show, Vishal. I would love for you to introduce yourself. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I am Vishal Reddy. My pronouns are he and him. And I'm the creator of this little uh, limited series called Insomnia. Oh my gosh. You are so much more than that, but oh my God, Insomnia. Let's start there. Can you talk a little bit about the show uh, for folks that may or may not know about it? And then we can jump into like some other stuff about the show itself. Yeah. So Insomnia is my like little baby that I've been working on for like two and a half years now. So if you haven't seen me out in the world, it's because I've just been uh, in a cave writing this thing. (laughs) It is a story about a bisexual Indian American writer named Nick Hill, who um, is sort of struggling with his mental health. He's he's going through a time when we meet him and just isn't happy. And he is also having to deal with his aunt who has uh, MS. And it is sort of through this chance encounter with another human being that he gets thrown into the world of escorting. And it's sort of his antics in his life, um, in his escorting world, and sort of the good, the bad, and the ugly, and hopefully a lot of like funny things along the way. Yeah, we just get to explore a lot, which is a lot of fun. Oh my god, I love Nick Hill as a character. I think not only are queer daisies not portrayed on screen as often as we would like, but mm-hmm. I love that you highlight the bisexual identity as well. And we'll come back to that. But I do want to yeah. start with like, what was the idea behind insomnia? Like, how did it come about? And was it inspired by your own journey or journeys that you saw around you? I mean, slightly. I've always said that like 40% of the show is kind of like based off of my life. So Mm. the bisexual part, the Indian American part, those things are And like my aunt, she had MS and the long story short is it's now dormant, which is incredible. Um, And that's Mm. a whole another like story and conversation. But I was just sort of inspired by a lot of different things. And a lot of the content that I like to create is stuff that is just sort of darkly comedic. I love being in projects that like I get to like laugh and cry at the same time. And that's stuff I also like to watch. And so Insomnia kind of just came out of 
that. It was a brainchild of just like the stuff that I really wanted to watch. As an Indian American performer, it's it's very frustrating when you don't see yourself represented in a lot of ways. Like I, mm. every audition that I would go on for any pilot or any Broadway gig or whatever it was, it's the same character just with a different name. There wasn't any sort of multifaceted identity to any of these characters. Um, and it's often not written by other South Asian or by other queer people. Mm. And I just got frustrated. I just got really, (laughs) anger can do a lot. (laughs) A lot of like anger and frustration can do a lot and it can manifest itself in interesting ways. And for me, Mm. it's uh, in comedy apparently. So I just started writing whatever I could. And then a big part of the show is the aspect of sex work and escorting. Mm. And that was something that just kind of happened by accident. Like I got asked to be an escort at a bar one night and I sort of just declined the invitation just because like I, I'm boring. Like I like to go to bed early and like, you know, like I'm not cool enough to do that line of work (laughs) is what I've been telling people. And so I, when I said no, the gentleman who, you know, came up to me. He said, you know what? You're right. Indian people don't do this kind of stuff. And he said it in this really Mm. passive aggressive kind of like, I'm just going to generalize your entire group of people based off what I've seen off of one thing. And it was kind of one of those microaggressions where I was like, what? That's crazy. That's absolutely insane. And so then I just, I kind of went with it because also as South Asians, we don't really get to like be sexualized on screen. We don't get to Mm. be messy or funny or dirty or all these things that just encompass being a human being we're not often doing and so Mm -hmm. I just said you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna create this world and collaborate with a lot of my close friends and really wonderful people and create this world and create this character that is just a human being who's broken and messy and funny and introverted and extroverted and is sexual and is living his best life in some senses and then is really dealing with trauma in another sense. And so we're just going to put it all into this one human being and then go. And so that's what we did. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you encompass like several of the questions that I'm going to ask you, but I would love to parse all of those things apart because I think it's important to highlight so many of the facets that you're able to include in the show. So talking about like sexuality and sex, like in addition to so many things that South Asians don't address, like mental health and grief, Mm -hmm. which you tackle in the show, like we also don't talk about that, right? Not only sexual orientation, but like sexuality. And Isn't actually that crazy sex. though? Like yes. we created a book with sexual <laughs> positions and it's a historical reference right. for sex. Like it is unreal that we don't talk about it. There are also billions of us. We're having sex. Yeah. I mean, that's, we are, and we don't talk about that. And then when you talk about like queer sex, queer sex. or like oh my God. POC sex, like there's a character who's Asian. Like it's like, I've never, it just blew my mind. I was like, oh my God, when you see, it's like Black Panther. Like when I saw it on screen, it was Absolutely. like three people who said this, I think was like, you didn't know what you're missing until you see like a movie that is only black people. And then you're like, oh, oh my God. Like that's what I was missing. It's like, I saw this show and I was like, wow, Vishal like really hit it on the on the head because you don't see like, Asian folks, especially South Asian folks, like sexualized on screen in just like a normal manner, not in like a fetishized way, not in like. So I think I know the answer to this question, but I'd love to dive into it of like, why was that important? And how did you kind of go about capturing that? It really was just important because I never saw it in Hollywood on stage or Mm -hmm. on screen. I just never got to see it. The only reference that I really had for looking at myself on camera was in Bollywood movies. It really was mm. just like, like I remember, why, and I've said this everywhere, but like watching Dultu Pagalhe as like a six-year-old <laughs> or a seven-year-old blew yeah. my mind because I remember seeing kids in that, in a song and being like, how mm. did they get there? Like <laughs> that literally was the first time that I was like, oh my God, wait, I can do that? 
And then because I grew up in, I grew up in Tennessee and I grew up really just kind of immersed in art. Like I was constantly going to theater camps and I was a singer and play piano and like, you know, dancing and all this, like I was just doing all this stuff that I was like, Oh, I want to be able to like, even as a kid, I would stop movies and like do the characters in different accents and say them in different ways. Like I love mm-hmm. art and I love film and I love stage. And I just, I am obsessed with it. I love it. And I love studying it. And so when I finally was able to think about this as a possible profession for my life and then to see myself get shut down because of what I look like, mm. it was so frustrating and so sad because I was just like, I'm also just a human being who just mm-hmm. wants to play different parts. And yet because the people behind the table don't know if it's going to read well for a certain demographic or, or they just don't understand why this character should be a certain way. It was very disheartening. And so once again, I just got tired. I just got Mm. so tired. And so a lot of what is in insomnia and a lot of what these characters are, are in some ways the antithesis of any South Asian character we've ever seen in Hollywood. Like a lot of ways, they're not just the butt of a joke or they're not a terrorist or they're not playing the stereotypical bodega owners or cab drivers. They're dynamic and interesting. And so, and that's what I've surrounded myself with. I'm lucky that I've got a lot of really good friends and family who are so interesting and fascinating, but we never get to see ourselves on screen in that way. And so we just kind of put everything in there into these couple little episodes and Speaking specifically of sexuality, I just never really saw myself see a queer Indian person on screen. I remember the first Mm -hmm. person that was Indian that I saw have sex on screen was in ER when Parminder Nangra, she is dating somebody. And I remember there was a sex scene, but I think it was like her and Shane West (laughs) from A Walk to Remember. (laughs) I remember so specifically being like, I gasped because I was just like, wait a second. They're actually like showing it like they're actually like showing her and they're showing they're kissing and like they're just being like sexual human beings like everybody else and it was like at a time when I was like coming into my own sexuality and I was just so fascinated by um that little bit of representation that I think a lot of other people take for granted and so I just you know felt like it was important and then I got asked to be an escort and then I had that that thing (laughs) happen and I was just like oh wait then I need to tell I want to tell this story But I had some trepidation just because I have never been a sex worker. So to get into that headspace and to really understand, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly of that world, I interviewed it with a ton and got their insight into the world. And it was also really important to me that if I was blending sex and identity into a piece to show all the different facets of it to show how race plays into it, to show how socioeconomic diversity plays into it, to show how class plays into, you know, all of those things in terms of sexuality. And so life is not easy. Life is messy. And so we wanted to kind of create a world where that was represented. I love that. Did that make any sense at all? Like, No, it totally made sense. Okay, I think- okay. I just can literally I just go on and on and I'm just like, what did I just say? <laughs> No, I think that's so true. Like you brought it back around too, right? Like I think it's so important for creators, even if they're not South Asian or they're not from the group that they're trying to depict, like go to like the source, right? Like the most problematic things we see is not like, oh, a white person wrote about a POC experience. Like you can, you can bring a perspective to it, but you have to be open to the idea that like that's not your experience. And then you're like doing that due diligence. And I think the burden often falls on POCs to do that. And we are aware of that because it happens to us so much. But I 
I love hearing you talk about it in that way because not only do we not see ourselves sexually like represented on screen, like it's also heartening to know that like through any creative process, like no matter what you're depicting, even if you are from a marginalized community, yeah. for things that you don't identify with, it's important to do that work. So I love hearing about that process for you. Yeah, and I know that like with this particular character, when we see him in his life, he's sort of this very, he's a little bit more introverted and meek kind of person because you sort of find out that he's dealing with a lot of trauma and like mental headspace mm-hmm. that like he's just not in a good space. But when he is in his work and when he's escorting, it allows him to be so free and so himself and he doesn't even realize it until later on in the episodes. And that's something that I definitely want to explore in future episodes. And then when he breaks the fourth wall, which is like a device that we use, it's like the one time that you hear the truth. And it's like the one time that you actually hear what he's really thinking. And, you know, it might be his Mm -hmm. like true self. And so just getting to play with that and to also like, we did a screening of it at NYU with a bunch of South Asian and also queer student groups. And I remember a lot of the Indian or or South Asian students were like, oh my God, I've never seen two brown people have sex like that on screen. Or like have a brown person in the mix. (laughs) Or like our friends, this is the way that we totally interact with one another. Like it was stuff like that that I was like, oh, this is resonating, which, you know, is is wonderful to hear. And then I also had people dislike some of it and say that it was too much or say that like that wasn't real or like they just didn't agree with the tone or you know all different things but Mm. like if it's having a conversation then that's what I care about yeah and that's that's very important to me especially in terms of like talking about sexuality and mental health and representation and race and all these things that we that are such hot button issues right now I think the more that we're able to expose people to these stories and to these brown bodies these queer brown bodies doing things that every other person has done on screen and on stage for decades and decades now but just haven't been given the opportunity to do it's just so important and that's why I'm doing it I guess yeah no absolutely we were talking about all of these things being depicted on screen including queer bodies and I do want to go into that a little bit more Vishal so my wife identifies as bisexual one of the main things that really moved me in this show was that you were fearless about addressing bisexuality (laughs) on screen you know what I mean like we see queerness we don't see like trans identities as often but we see a lot of gay men we see a lot of gay cis men we sometimes see lesbians as well but this is an identity that gets overlooked a lot especially within the south asian community i love in particular like there's there's a scene and i won't go too much into detail but there's a scene where nick hill faces like a bunch of questions mm-hmm. and <laughs> my wife was watching this with me and she was like that nailed every single question <laughs> I've ever gotten yes, i love it i love it and i was like i mean that's amazing to me like can you talk a little bit about your experience in that identity and like how that kind of fueled Nick Hill's experience as well and what you wanted to depict for him? Yeah, I wanted to show the complexity of what it is to be a bisexual, just human, but also to be a bisexual person of color, male presenting human being. There's just still so many misconceptions about what it is to be bisexual or not even just bisexual or to be bi or pan or just to identify as queer, to not have a label, whatever that means. means there's there's yeah. just so many questions that come not only from the LGBTQ community, but also from the straight community. I've always joked that like bisexual people are like the forgotten letter of the 
LGBTQ alphabet mm-hmm. only because I think people assume that we are either confused or we're on a journey to just figuring it out or that we haven't figured it out yet. No, that's not the case. Everyone's on a spectrum. Everyone's different. Everyone's on their own path. And we should just let everyone do that because who cares? Just who cares? And I wanted to highlight those questions because those are all questions verbatim that I have been asked by all sorts (laughs) of people on dates. That was not something that I made up. Those were things that I've actually been asked. And um, I just want to be honest about it because like, it's real. I probably (laughs) get five questions a week regarding my sexuality. And those are, Mm -hmm. they always cycle like similar forms and fashions. And it's just like, okay, cool. Like I'm happy to answer them, but I also cannot speak for all (laughs) all bisexual people are all (laughs) queer people i am not the representative this show is not the representative i'm only speaking to a very specific experience and that's all i can do so i just if i was gonna do it i was like we're gonna do it honestly and hopefully in like a funny way but that still like brings light to you know the matter yeah no absolutely i mean now we've we're electing you like uh president of all queers oh, so, thank you so much. <laughs> you have to speak for i would like to i would like to decline the uh i'm gonna have my vp <laughs> take this one for me i mean i don't even know how to like describe what it's like i mean you've talked about this earlier and but like that idea of like showing that because again like just the idea of like not only that side of queerness being shown but like for brownness right like this doesn't come up in the show yet, but do you have any experiences about, like, I hate to focus on coming out because coming out is so, mm-hmm. you know, but what was your journey like coming into it for yourself? It's something that I've always known for sure. Like, I ever okay. since I was a kid, I have always just been just intrigued by all sorts of human beings. And I've mm-hmm. always sort of known, and it's taken me a while. It really wasn't until I got to New York that I started, you know, seeing men as well. I'd always dated women. And when I really sort of figured it out, I was like 21. And I was like, okay, cool. This is what I am. Here's what it is. But I chose for myself not to have this big coming out per se that we normally associate Mm -hmm. with the event. If people asked, then I would bring it up or I'd bring it up in conversation. Oh yeah, I went on a date with a guy or I went on a date with a girl. I went on a date with this or that person. Mm -hmm. For me, it was more important just to be and to live my life rather than to make it something. Mm -hmm. But I'm also very lucky that I've got a lot of very accepting family and friends who just, you know, as long as I'm being a good person, that's really it. And like, if they don't understand it, they'll ask questions and they surely have. And that's totally cool. But it's still a process. Like it's still something that like, I'm still dealing with on a daily basis and I'm still growing and I'm still on this. I'm still figuring it out as we all are. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. I think sexuality is, so fascinating and amazing, but it's also continuously evolving and how we deal with it, how our parents deal with it, how our siblings deal with it, how our friends deal with it is all very different. But I know that like the minute that I decided to just be open and like live my life was when I became the most myself. Yeah. I mean, that freedom, I think that's something that's so relatable for a lot of us, especially folks that feel like that identity is wrong or that there's something wrong with them when they're kind of on that journey of coming into their own. But I think what I loved also about the show, I mean, I'm going to gush about the show. You can also tell me things that you didn't like about the show or have questions. Like, please do, because like I I, I love having this conversation because a lot of the people that have had questions about it. Like have been like, I didn't understand this. It's like, you don't because it's going to be brought up in future episodes, but we did it purposefully for certain reasons. But yeah, I mean, I think one of the, I'll have to look for something I didn't (laughs) like, and I'm sure there'll be something. But I think for me, what I love too, is that 
what you talk about of just being yourself and, like, living your life really comes through in the show because for Nikhil, it's not, like, this big no. thing that he's bisexual. It's, like, one of many things. And actually, plot-wise, it's, like, not his thing. And, like, that's you know? one thing that, like, he's not struggling with that in any way. Yes. And that's exactly what I wanted to say was, like, the idea of, like, sexuality being the point mm-hmm. of the story is, like, I feel like not only are we at the point where South Asians and queer folks can be writing our own stories, but that that doesn't have to be the main part of the story. Like, we have f- whole full lives that have other identities and other layers to this. And yeah, that's part of it, you know, that's going to always intersect with like work that you do or friends that you have or family and all those things. And you show like those intersections, even if they're very brief. Like, and I loved that, right? He's like, like Nick Hill's like with his friends and they're like totally, he's like, oh, I'm just going on a date. And it becomes very much part of like that normalization is something that you're showing instead of just talking about. And like for someone like me who constantly on this show is talking about, how coming out is so overrated as this like one event I loved seeing for the first time something like that where it was literally not about the sexual orientation you know it moves the needle forward you know no if anything it was just about his identity it was more about his like headspace and his mind if anything and like how his new occupation has made him come into his own but his sexuality is just it is what it is especially in that like the dating montage that he's on like actual dates with people mm-hmm. it was also super important to me that all those dates were south asian just because that's something that you mm-hmm. never really see and i feel like a lot of times if we're going to be totally totally frank i feel like a lot of times with south asian protagonists they always end up with white people for whatever reason i rarely yeah, see yeah. indian people end up with other brown people on screen or on stage and so and i find that like a, most of my indian friends are with other Indian people because mm. that that culture is so important to so many of us. And I wanted to sort of just like reflect what me and my friends have sort of gone through. And so that was yeah. also a big part of it. And even with that, like it would have totally changed the dynamic if it would have been a bunch of white people asking these questions. You know what I mean? <laughs> and the goal was to not like villainize a set of group of people or to show that they're not woke or anything like that. It was more just to be like, hey, this stuff happens also in our own community with our own people and our own yeah. kind. And these issues are constantly coming up and they're constantly conflicting. And like, that's just life. And like sexuality is a part of life. And that is just something that I wanted to like put into the character and just make that like, that's like the least interesting thing, if that makes any sense. There's just so many other things that he's dealing with. Yeah, I mean, that's important, though. And it, that, yeah, and it's totally important. It's to, like it's definitely an important part of his life, but it's not the only defining yeah. point. Right. No, and I love that because, like, when he faces those questions in that dating montage, right, it, I didn't take it as a vilification okay, of good, South good, Asian yeah. folks because already his character was, like, set up as someone. Like, it's different from The Big Sick. Like, mm. as much as I liked, you know, Kumail Nanjiani, I liked his well, stand-up. Yeah. And, and, but... I had as many people did, like, problems with the portrayal of that, right? And you could, t- I know mm-hmm. it was based on his real life and things like that. But, like, yeah, like, the idea that, like, he was kind of pushing back against his own culture and then portrayed the women that he met as, like, part of the problem without kind of addressing that kind of spurred that on as well. But it was because his character was already struggling with his cultural identity, right? Like, exactly. So with Nick Hill, if it's not an issue for him to start with, when that happens, I didn't take it that yeah. way. You know what I mean? It's like you're setting a pretense for that. So I didn't take it as a way of like, you're doing like a, you know, finger wagging at the South Asian community. I didn't take it that yeah. way because you didn't set it up that well, way. Good. You made it very much a part of who he was. Yeah, because one of my other goals is to also make this show like Indian as fuck. Like, I want that. Like, I want... <laughs> 
I've also just found that like, and, and I've talked about this before, but like a lot of times with South Asian content, it's either super, super Westernized and like no mention of culture is in the text or in the piece, or it's almost too much. And that's the only thing that these characters have that are definitive about them. And so mm. it was just about balancing that and making sure that we're talking about a lot of different yeah. things so that these characters like come alive. And it's also really hard because like, we're trying to do it in like eight to 15 minute episodes. So like for a couple of yeah. the characters, like it's only like two or three minutes of dialogue. Yeah. And so like whittling that down to like two or three pages to like, especially the scene with my friends, like, I had like three pages to be like, cool, we're going to set up who these people are all on the first page, what their deals are, what their relationship is with the main character and then what their relationships are with themselves. And then also like, do they know what he's doing and like, how would they react? And so like setting all of that up and also just setting up like the chemistry and friend dynamic, just as an example is you don't have a lot of time. And so, um, you have to do it very quickly and just like right there. So the audience sort of knows. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you did a really great job of that. It kind of reinforces that representation part, too, of, like, just the idea that, like, his friends are, like, Desi and it's, like, part of his routine and, like, the Hindu god, like, plays a part. And, like, there's, like, a little bit of this background kind of going. And so it builds, like, that identity for him, which I love that you do without being, like, he is Hindu. Like, you don't have to, like, you know what I mean? Yes, yes. (laughs) It's, like, you don't have to, like, And there's also things that, like, only Indian people will get. Like, even, like, Telugu is spoken, and, like, only people that are from India will get it, but, like, unless you speak Telugu, like, you're not going to get it. Like, we didn't subtitle it. We did that purposefully. Yeah, We were just like, we're just going to sprinkle these little things in there, like, little Easter eggs here and there that only certain communities would get. I loved that language aspect of it, too. That was one of the things I was going to point out is that just the idea of that. And, like, we talk about that in media and in literary stuff of, like, should we italicize like Mm -hmm. other languages or try to explain what it means and like in shows as well you see that but there are shows now that are coming out where like that language is just like and we're like well what are they saying and then it's It's like oh maybe that's just not for us that's okay (laughs) you know so i loved that there's so much with this show that you encompass this Mm -hmm. might be too vague of a question but my question is what is the kind of message or messages that you hope the audience is going to take away from this show? Ooh, so many things. But <laughs> my biggest two things are, I hope audiences take away that like identity is constantly evolving and it's constantly changing and mm-hmm. you never really know what's going to happen and that it's okay to feel out of place. It's okay to feel like you're not yourself. It's okay to give your mind a rest. And it's also important to open yourself up to opportunities that could potentially expand your mind, but also help you get out of whatever funk or whatever crises you're sort of going through. It's Mm -hmm. also something that I really wanted to touch upon is that like, we got to stop judging people for the things that they do. And, And we also have to, you know, give ourselves a little bit of room to breathe as people to mess up, to fail, to be messy, to be, you know, confusing to other people. We just have to be a little bit more kind to one another, I think, and allow other people Mm. the courtesy of just sort of, we're all trying to figure it out. And like failure is inevitable. And um, feeling bad about certain things are inevitable and constantly comparing yourself to other people is all a part of the process. And it's all there for a purpose. I've said this before, but like, it really is just, it's, it's quite a journey that we all go on. And I think, I think that's the biggest takeaway that I want people to just sort of get from this is that it's all okay. Like your identity is constantly just Mm -hmm. 
going to be in flux. There's always going to be something that comes up and that's totally, totally cool. And I hope that people see queer people in a different light. I hope that people see South Asian characters in a different way. And I hope it opens up more discussion and dialogue about the kinds of things that we are able to do in entertainment Mm. and that we're here to stay and that our stories are here to stay and that we are dynamic and interesting and beautiful and wonderful and messy and dirty and like all these different other adjectives that I can just go on and on about, but like we're human Mm. and we often don't get to be that in art and that we can, we can, we can be all those things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you encompass those things in the show so well. But what is next for you? What is next for the show? Like, obviously, you mentioned there's stuff that's just starting Lord, to be scraped the surface knows? of the show. <laughs> I mean, well, what do you hope? I mean, what do, where do you see this kind of going? And what would you like to work on next with this or with other stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So this is sort of the first phase of this particular piece. I mean, the ultimate goal and hope is that we get a a major network to pick this mm. up and develop it and that we can get producers on board that want to develop this and continue and get it to a bigger audience. Like that is, um, that is unapologetically the goal of my, like myself and the entire mm. like insomnia team. Like we're trying to get this on TV. We're trying to get this onto a major platform. And, you know, for me as a, as a performer, I'm back to, you know, like I'm back to the hustle. I'm going to be back to auditioning. I haven't really gotten to go full steam ahead in that regard in just a while, just to like, you know, focus on this. And so I'm jumping back into that world and doing all sorts of workshops and readings, like plays, musicals, all sorts of things. And then there's a couple other projects that I started a production company with Mm. this project with the hope that we produce uh, South Asian content and queer content. And so more stories and more information will be coming out about that as well. Um, And we have a couple of ideas that we're developing right now, which is exciting, that we actually got to pitch at Tribeca Film. We Mm. were in the festival. And so we got to pitch a couple of those. And so we're seeing if we can get those into like a development situation. That's amazing. I mean, again, just like opening the door for other stories. I mean, I'm thankful that Insomnia now exists and that it's like not the end of the road or, or not at all like the end of just this idea. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I also wanted to ask you, we are in Pride Month now. Mm-hmm. Insomnia or not, like, what does Pride mean to you now? Like, now, then, always, like, what does Pride meant for you? Oh, God, I think I'm so excited for this Pride this year because <laughs> I think I genuinely believe it's the first Pride of my 28 years on this earth and of just of truly just being myself. Mm-hmm. I'm thrilled. I am just so... So excited about what it means to be a part of um, this community. It's truly the first time that I genuinely like, I, I just get to live. I get to like live my life, which sounds so like simple. And, and I'm not, I'm not being as eloquent as I'd like to be, but <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the season. I feel like it's a time this year where, you know, there is a time for all of the celebration and all the parties and all yeah. that fun stuff. But I think this is the first year that I'm really going to take the time to like, really remember what pride means and like think about all the people that have come before Mm -hmm. all of us to you know get us to this place where we can where I can create art I can create content Mm -hmm. like this like 30 years ago like a show like this wouldn't have been anywhere well not even five years ago (laughs) right but yeah like you know and and would have and wouldn't have been able to talk about the things that we're sort of jumping into and so to me pride is just being unapologetically who Mm -hmm. you are 
Absolutely. And also being proud of like where you come from and embracing that and being proud of like the journey that is to come and also just, you know, embracing all of those flaws and all and just in wearing them, you yeah. know, that's what that means to me. And I, I truly think that this is sort of the first time in my life that I felt um, the most free and the most comfortable to do this. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, this project and like me creating it with a bunch of people who believe in it. And, you know, creating it has allowed me to just sort of be the best version of myself and at this moment, yeah. for sure, and just be okay with like this path that I'm on. So That's yeah, yeah, I'm super excited about this season. Yeah, I mean, New York City goes crazy with it and with World Pride. Oh my um, God. I'm both excited and extremely nervous to navigate the city for the next I'm very week. nervous because yeah. World Pride, I don't know if any of us are ready for the amount of people <laughs> yeah. that are about to be in the city. <laughs> it's going to be fun, um, but it's going to be a lot. Lots of people. Absolutely. The last question that I ask folks on my show is, what advice would you give to your younger self? And that can be any form of yourself. It could be a different timeline. It could be a day ago, a year ago. But what advice would you give if you could? Do not care or seek the validation of others. Mm. Do not care what they think. Do not try to seek outside validation. It's so easy. It's so it's so easy for me to say this because I am a performer. We are constantly trying to be validated and constantly want to be seen as good. We attach our value so much to how other people perceive us. And I think now if I look back on myself and look at like a little teenage Vishal, I would just say, just be you and embrace whatever, like wherever you're at at a certain point in time. And don't compare yourself to other people. That's been the best advice that anyone has ever given to me just as a human and as just as someone who's in this industry, just focus on yourself. And also never forget who you are, like continually surround yourself with people who support you, but also who will get real with you, who will 100% tell you when you're wrong, mm -hmm. will tell you when you've got some growing to do or when you've got some things to work on. Make sure you've got a good little tribe of people around you because that's when all of the growing happens. And I wish I would have, you know, there have been times in my life where I have uh, hung out with questionable human <laughs> beings. And uh, <laughs> looking back on it, it was probably not the best choice for me. Um, no one knows everything. Yeah. And so we constantly have to be open to evolving and changing, you know. Yeah. And so that's what I would say. That's really great advice. I mean, I completely resonate with that. And part of me, I try to console myself with like, well, I couldn't have, like, learned those things had I, like, not made those choices. But, of course, like, if I could go back and, and tell myself it, it would be something really mm. similar. But I think that's so relatable and really well put. Oh, and also discover warming up chocolate chip cookies and mashing them into ice cream and then putting chocolate sauce on top of it. That is what I discovered in my like college years. And I'm so sad that I didn't know this as a child because it is all I would have eaten. <laughs> I love desserts more than human beings. I think that people need to just do that. Anytime you're feeling down, go and do that. Can I piggyback off of that and yes. tell you something that I did last night? It's like, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. My wife and I last night were like, it was like 11 o'clock and we're like, we're kind of hungry. So we like whipped out these frozen waffles and then we like didn't have whipped cream, but we had heavy whipping cream. And so she was like, have you ever like made whipped cream by hand? And I was like, no. And we were like, let's do this. And we didn't have like an electric mixer or anything. And so we like beat this heavy whipping cream and we basically like made our own whipped cream. And can I tell 
tell you, like, we immediately were like, we're never buying store-bought whipping cream again. It's oh my so God. How long did it good. take to do that? Like, not that long. It was like a few minutes, maybe like five minutes of like beating it, which was like a little strenuous where they trade it off. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And then you like add a little bit of vanilla and a little bit of sugar towards the end once it starts to get a little thick. And immediately it turned into like whipped cream. And we stuck it in the fridge did for you like- put fruit on top of it? No. So then we put waffles. So we, should, we had waffles and syrup and then whipped cream. It was- Amazing. Wait, can we have a waffle party? Hell yeah. <laughs> great. World great, Pride great. at our place. There, we're doing we waffles. <laughs> oh my God. I will be there. In a, I will literally be there in a heartbeat. Anytime there's breakfast food yeah. or dessert, like at any event, yeah. if I, even if I don't want to go, I'm like, cool, cool. I'm going to go check that out and then I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm all for like these little tricks. Like the, I'm going to try the chocolate chip cookies and ice cream. I used to have like, there was this place in LA. I'm totally going off topic, but there was this place in LA called BJ's and it was um, oh yes, yes, yeah, yes. The I, I know it. Yeah, yeah. So yes, like, we, absolutely. <laughs> so we would like go and call. That's like when I discovered Pazookis was like in college. We would go to this BJ's near campus. So that's what I remember when I think of that. And now I have this addition of making whipped cream at home is totally easy and tastes so much better than the canned version. I have to try it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to try that. Yeah. I don't know if I should, though, because it's, it's probably, like, deadly. <laughs> it's probably, like, really bad. But we were also like, how have we gone this long in our lives without knowing you could do and this? And I'm, like, Indian, and, like, we're all slightly lactose intolerant, so, like, it's probably yes, not the best exactly. idea. But, like, you know what? We're going to do it anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um... Thank you so much, Vishal. I want to give you a chance to shout out the show, where people can watch it, when they can watch it, and then your social media as well. Yeah, um, all on every platform, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, it's just at Insomnia the Show. Um, and then our website, which is where the show is going to be dropping. Um, June 5th will be the first episode. There'll be an episode a week. Um, they're going to be releasing uh, at 12 p.m. every Wednesday for six weeks. You can find that um, on our YouTube channel or at uh, com. For me, in my socials, if you literally type in Vishal, I have two A's in my name, Vishal Ready. I will probably come up, but my Instagram um, is ready to rumble. <laughs> R-E-D-D-Y, uh, <laughs> the number it. two, and then rumble. I haven't gotten around to standardizing all of my socials, which I really should, but um, someone has taken them. You really shouldn't. (laughs) So I can't get them yet. Yeah, don't do it. Ready to Rumble is awesome. There's no need to fight that person for it. (laughs) Yeah, find my Instagram, Ready to Rumble. And then my Twitter is Ready, Set, Go, One. So, you know, I love a pun. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. I love a pun. Everything you need to know about Vishal is in his social media handles. (laughs) (laughs) That's really it. (laughs) Um, thank you so much, Vishal, for being on Queering Daisy. This was so wonderful. And congrats on Insomnia. It's amazing. I'm imploring our listeners to please, please go watch it ASAP. Yeah, please watch it. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> right, thank you, Vishal. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Queering Daisy. If you enjoy this podcast, please be sure to rate and subscribe on iTunes to help us spread the word and to make sure you get the latest episodes right to your phone. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Queering Daisy. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please feel free to reach us on social media or drop us an email at queeringdaisy at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>